0: This is Timmy Fielder from Melbourne, Australia, and I am Hooked on Bonnix.
1: Here's a little podcast that must be heard. From the hood to the burbs, you can
0: catch the word. DJ Bonnix will turn it out. Hit you with the vibe you should know about. From the net to the block, it's time to rock. Let's get Hooked on Bonnix, show me what you got.
2: Yes, Hooked on Bonnix, episode five, the return of Hooked on Bonnix, the podcast. Actually, some people hit me over the summer and said, Sorry about your podcast, man. It's not going on anymore. Uh, no, it's not even like that. Listen, I have no, let me just say this real quick. I, I have no concern about the consistency of this thing for you guys. This is just fun for me to be able to talk to some influential people in my life and introduce them to you. So welcome back to Hooked on Bonics, the podcast. This is your first time uh, checking out the podcast. Make sure you check out the first four episodes on iTunes or on SoundCloud, Hooked on bonnix uh let's see episode one is with charlie Puth, the writer of the world smash hit with wiz khalifa see you again episode two is a throwback interview from 2008 with the homie wiz khalifa episode three trinidad james joined us in the podcast episode four the lovely innovator i justine so make sure you guys check that out this episode though Very exciting. I I got my man Rob Markman on the podcast. And if you don't know who Rob Markman is, you should get to know him and you'll find out exactly who he is, where he's been and where he's going. He's a very important person for hip hop culture. So excited to have him. Uh, So we'll hear from him. Also, later on in the podcast, I'm going to make a special announcement, I guess. I I wasn't really going to tell anyone this stuff. But um, it's more for me to claim it and kind of let you guys know where I'm going and where I'm coming from. But first, an amazing story that literally has just begun, uh, and he'll kind of explain it a little bit. Now I'm I'm you know I've been working hard at this thing. I've been DJing for a long time, for over 15 years. I'm trying to get my hands in a lot of different places and kind of take the next step in DJing. Sometimes I worry about the younger generation and where are they are going to go and all this technology isn't messing them up or not. Um, but then I, I was proven wrong recently and it kind of all starts with technology and the fact that technology lets you meet all these crazy people randomly, but it really is like this law of attraction. You know, I get pretty amazed when I have a DJ gig or something and I tweet about it and people who I just don't even know will show up and say, Hey, I'm a big fan. They'll mention things that, um, that I do. And and sometimes I forget that, you know, I, I have an impact with people, you know, especially the people close to me and the people who follow me. And it doesn't matter what you do or who you are or what level you're at. You don't have to be a superstar DJ or athlete or anything like you have a chance to change the world you have an impact on someone you are a light for someone, and this kid Jeff that you guys are about to meet just uh you know a regular college kid from the Philadelphia area, it really moves me uh, because they picked something and they wanted to make a difference about it you know and there's a lot of like political things going on there's a lot of racial things going on there's a lot of gender stuff going on and you know all those cases and all those all those things you know everyone is entitled to you know where they stand in things and what's unique about this story is just for me at least that these young kids students at temple were moved by something and wanted to do something about it and they did it
0: hey this is michael j fox and i'm from yonkers new york and i'm hooked on Bonix man
2: ah! hooked on Bonix the podcast continues now you know Twitter and the internet is an amazing thing and sometimes I get upset because you know people say hateful things on Twitter but the other night Twitter worked in my favor um, I met uh, these two kids and more than meets the eye I guess I should say uh, so I'm DJing and these two guys come up to me and they say hey DJ Monix basically and I go out and I say what's up and uh, just cool dudes they said hey I saw you're gonna be here on Twitter or students at Temple this is awesome and uh, it was a great night. We, we drank and we gave shots and everything. Uh, and I eventually came to found out that there was more. The, one of the dudes, Jeff, uh, he was wearing a t-shirt with a turtle on it. And uh, you know, I was like, man, that's a pretty good t-shirt. And, and then came this crazy story about how uh, just these students uh, at Temple um, are trying to save the world through these t-shirts. And it was just an amazing story. Um, and I got my boy Jeff here from Reading, PA. Jeff, what's happening, dude? What's going on, man? Not much. Uh, are you nervous? Don't be nervous. A little nervous. You're all right. I'm all right. You're all right. Yeah. You're saving the turtles, man. That's awesome. <laughs> For all sure. right. So, um, so I met you guys the other night. It was it was a pretty good night, right? We yeah. It good was time. dope. It was awesome. Uh, and somehow the shirt came to be. And basically, you make this shirt. I, I, like just just tell me about it because it's pretty interesting it's just a shirt with a turtle on it really but i don't know there's something polarizing about it and i don't even know how we got to talk about it i'm sure we were drunk yep you know it <laughs> uh but go, go ahead and tell the story about how all this came to be to where where why and why i am amazed so why don't you start from the beginning
1: all right cool so it started out um uh, roughly last summer i could say roughly uh middle of summer we were in florida uh went down to this place called the moat marine laboratories uh it's like an aquarium kind of thing and we just kind of uh took a day exploring and ended up at the sea turtle exhibit where they rescue injured sea turtles and uh rescue them back to health um and everything so and then we actually signed up for an event and we were able to just help out and feed them and everything and learn more about them and then started next uh if we skip ahead a year so this this past summer we uh it was my sister's in high school now she's in freshman at college uh she was doing a project for a graphic design class in high school and uh, i know that she had a love for turtles and i said hey why don't you make a turtle t-shirt and so we did we we put together a little little design of a sea turtle put it on the front and the back with uh, a couple wave designs and she printed them at school, and next thing you know, it took off, just blew up. Everyone wanted them, started handing them out to people, and then we decided to make it a real thing, and so we made a Twitter, made a website, uh, com, and now we donate 10% of all of our proceeds to help and save the sea turtles. Uh, it goes to and it goes to help uh helping them with their nests and nesting season and uh helping clean out the beaches because that's a big problem so
2: what what kind of problems do they have like can can you name off the top uh, of your yeah. head that, that kind of made you really feel like you uh you know like i guess we're emotional about it because i mean you know i feel like this is emotionally motivated kind of yeah for sure for sure
1: um well most of the most of the uh a species of sea turtles are on an endangered are they on the endangered list uh and then after doing a little more research and everything um we found out that one in, only one in a thousand sea turtles will make it to adulthood meaning from when the egg is when they're hatched from the egg making it to the ocean and then making it to be an adult only one in one thousand will make it um and then We just kept looking up stuff, and uh, a lot of another big issue is human-caused threats. You could say uh, all the pollution in the water, uh, which is going to say don't be throwing or please don't throw bags and stuff in the ocean because they look at it as jellyfish, and which is what their main uh, food source. And they'll try to eat it, and they'll get uh, choked or they'll start choking on it, and everything. Um, Another big thing is those uh, things where you get cans of soda in those plastic rings. Uh, before you throw those out You should always cut Each individual ring Because uh, Sea turtle will climb in it And if they're, if they're small enough It can get stuck on them And it'll eventually Disform Or disha- uh, Like mis- or Change the shape of their shell And Can strangle them to death So
2: So how did it End up taking off though Like uh, You know it, it, Cause it's You know you, you said you started The company Start from that You started the company uh, A month ago Or like Tell me about how People like you know how it was shared like what did you do to get the word out first you know It's uh, I mean, yeah. you can start a twitter and make a website but like how
1: right right you know? um well a big thing started at uh my sister well, we handed them out to everyone my sister's friends in high school and they started sharing it and then we made a twitter account and then we went to the beach then uh next weekend for her soccer tournament it was in wildwood uh new jersey and we just started handing out to people on the beach, on the boardwalk. People started coming up to us and saying, "Oh, uh, I love your shirt. Where'd you get that?" And then, and the next thing you know, we just made a website and we started tweeting tweets from the beach and everything. And uh, big, big, big accounts started retweeting them, and then it started sharing the word throughout Twitter. And then made decided once it was a big thing on Twitter, decided so to make a website and have everyone help out.
2: And so, how long was this? Uh, we started July seventh. And. Um you guys are gonna donate the proceeds ten percent to the uh, writes, uh, CTurtles dot org. Uh right. Seaturtles uh S E E Turtles dot org. That's amazing. Do you know how much you've raised uh since the beginning of all this already for CTurtle dot org? Uh
1: yeah, roughly ten uh, roughly ten thousand dollars. That's so. incredible, man! Amazing. Uh, tell them where they can get the shirts. Uh, you can get them at makaiclothingco. That's m a k a i clothing And how old are you? Twenty two.
2: That's amazing. And you're a, a, a student
1: at Temple, correct? Yep. Temple. Temple student. Uh, strategic communications major. So.
2: Very nice. And you have other people involved in it. Uh, obviously, you want to shout them yeah,
1: out. Yeah, we do. Uh, my business partner Tanner Lutz, who lives at home and uh, does all take care takes care of all the production. Right. And my good friend, Eddie Rodriguez, who's also a Temple student.
2: I mean, how does it make you feel like that you're able to, you know, spread the word and actually... I mean, just firsthand be able to like change something like that, which is incredible, you know, cause I think a lot of organizations are, uh, you know, people have too many different political things that go on and whether it's black or white or, um, you know, young and old, but this is something that everyone can gravitate to, which I think is kind of incredible, man. Like you're a student at Temple and you've already like changed the world, you know? Yeah. It's
1: crazy. I mean, it's no better feeling than seeing a tweet with someone, uh, wearing something that. You made, and then knowing that it goes to help a great place and a great cause, so uh, it's a problem that, or it's a, yeah, it's a, uh, helping the turtles is an issue that people don't really think about. Like you said, it's all political based, race based, whatever. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it's just a new thing that's a, to raise a, raise awareness for something different. That's amazing, man! Congratulations. Where can they get the shirts? Uh, MakaiClothingCo dot com. And what's that? What's the name? Where'd you get the name from? Uh, it
2: means towards the sea in Hawaiian. Very nice, man. MakaiClothing.com. I just wanted to share an example of, you know, a young business minded, but driven uh, by passion, you know, which is selfless. And really, I mean, just to the crazy thing is that I feel like we got together through twitter and through you know a party and then it ends up you know to be with a cause so i'm happy to have you on the podcast man thank Uh, you very much absolutely great to be here thank you
0: gabby from Vestal new york and i'm hooked on bonnet
2: that's kind of crazy and i know some of you out there might be like sea turtles changing the world look it's about young kids who are motivated, and something moved them, and they did something about it, right? And that, to me, is super inspiring, so I'm definitely supporting these kids. And, you know, these kids may do something on, like, a huge level down the road that may actually change your world, Um, But big shout out to them. Huge inspiration. And I hope it inspires you guys. If you ever wanted to do something, if you ever wanted to see change, I hope that story inspires you guys to just go out and do it. That's Makai Clothing Co. M-A-K-I-E-C-L-O-T-H-I-N-G-C-O dot com at Makai Clothing Co. on Twitter. Follow those guys. Support them if you can or if it inspires you to do something, uh, I hope it does. Hooked on Bonics, the podcast continues. I'm going to just jump right into it. We have the legendary, I'm going to say legendary Rob Markman, who is one of the most important voices in hip-hop culture today. Now, if you ever thought about being in the business and you're not a rapper and you're not a DJ, or even if you are, I need you to take notes from this dude right here. Because this is why I wanted to interview him. Rob Markman has been a a light for everyone. He He's shared so much information, done crazy interviews with artists, um, and has an opinion that matters. And... I want you guys out there to be inspired by Rob Markman if you thought about getting into the business to find out how my man got to be where he is and he's going places. So here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Rob Markman to Hooked on Bonics, the podcast.
0: Yo, what's up? This is Rob Markman, man, and I got a message for you other DJs out there, man. I seen this man rock a crowd, man. I thought I was watching Juice, you know, DJ Majesty and all my Fs when they was going at it and you was just in awe because you've seen it. Yo, he's the greatest DJ of our times. That's right. I said it. DJ Bonnix, man. Hooked on Bonnix podcast.
2: Hooked on Bonnix, the
0: podcast uh, live from the
2: compound in the Bronx. I don't know if I should say this is like a secret location, but uh, it kind of is a secret location. More to be heard about the compound, but I have a very special guest with me right now. Um and his name is Rob Markman. Hello Rob Markman.
0: Hey DJ Bonix, what's up man? How you doing man? Hooked on Bonix. I uh, like man. that, man.
2: Congrats on all your success first of all. Now there's a lot of people Thank out you. there who might not know who you are, but in a, a Billboard article recently written, quote unquote, hold on, I got to look for the quote. See, I got all I got all ready for it and then the quote wasn't ready. <laughs> but I, I but I took a screenshot of it, which comes in so handy. Um Elon Zeckroy Right, who's one of the co-founders of Rap Genius? Did I say his name wrong? Can, yeah, you got it. I Alon. can say it better. Yeah, Alon. you got it. Yeah, uh, he says uh, he's one of the most important voices in hip hop journalism today and is just a supremely talented and genuine person. Now, I, you know, I just think in general most people never ever hear those kind of things like yo, he's important in hip hop journalism. I mean, you know, especially to the kids, I, you know, the word journalism even to some of these kids is like maybe foreign to them. Um so that I mean, that's just uh, uh right there to start this. That title right there, one of the most important voices in hip hop journalism today. How does that make you feel?
0: I, I I'm humbled and blessed when I hear um people say that, especially somebody uh, of Alon's, you know, stature. Um and, and he, he's seen a lot, you know, um in building rap genius and, and they work very hard. So for him to say that means a lot to me. I'm humbled because really I'm just a fan. I always tell people I'm just a fan that right. somebody gave right. a job to.
2: Right. I mean I feel the same <laughs> way. Just, you know, when people ask me like how oh, did you get there? Or like where, you know, you made it, I'm like, man, I'm just here and I don't think I'm good enough I'm gonna try to get to the next level of it, right? right. you know. Yeah. Um, I take it though. I ain't, right. ain't running away. Right. We ain't gonna
0: run away from it.
2: Right, right. I mean, first of all, uh, how? Do, I mean, how does that one start? That like,
0: you first of all, where are you from? Brisbane. I'm from Brooklyn. Brooklyn, from Brooklyn New York, yeah. And you've seen a lot of changes in Brooklyn, huh? Oh man, Brooklyn. It, 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 there's a bunch of changes in Brooklyn. It ain't the Brooklyn I grew up in, but right. um, we for love the better it the or for the
2: worse, what do you think?
0: A little bit of both. For the better, I mean, it's, it's a lot safer. It's a better place to raise a family. One of um, the sadder parts is that the people who kind of made Brooklyn what it was when I was coming up and gave the borough its character sometimes can't necessarily afford to, to to live in Brooklyn as it's changing and as it's getting better. They can't partake you know, in all the joys, you know, with the Barclay Center coming up and, and things of that nature. It's great, right? Like right, we have this right. great world-class arena. And but you know it also prices people out of their homes and and, and stuff like that. So you know, it's Have you a, a like lot of people ticket.
2: that you know like personally affected by that.
0: Uh, um, no. I mean, I you know, I'll be honest. I was personally affected um, in in a way. It sounds strange to say. I, I don't live in Brooklyn. My parents still live in Brooklyn. Okay. Um, my brother, my family still lives in Brooklyn. I moved out to Staten Island because um, when I had my kid and started my family, um, I couldn't afford. To live in Brooklyn Not the way that I, I wanted to You right. know um, So this, the same price That it would have cost me To get maybe A one bedroom apartment In Brooklyn I, I was able to get A townhouse In Staten Island With a little backyard right. A little how, driveway How old are you? I'm 35 Oh right Yeah 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 So
2: I mean So you've been building this for a while And you know You're obviously no stranger to hip hop culture If you grew up in Brooklyn Uh, So how does one How would you say Like how did you know That this was like Kind of what you were getting into As far as hip hop journalism I mean was there a time Where you're like Yo when I was younger You know you were a fan I don't know if you ever thought You wanted to DJ or rap Or break dance Or do anything All of that
0: All of that that. And then you became a hip hop Like journalist Like tell me how You know that all kind of I I didn't know that hip hop journalism Was possible Or was it even and the thing um, at first, my first introduction to hip hop. second, I'm
2: sorry, Go ahead. Mm. like static that comes sometimes. Go ahead,
0: cool. Um, yeah, I, I didn't even know that hip hop journalism was a thing. My first introduction to hip hop was my older brother Ruben um, coming into the crib with his boombox and his Adidas tracksuit and him break dancing. So he used to be boy like a little bit and he used to do graffiti and so i was just enamored by it all back when my mother when i was too young my mother wouldn't let me he, leave the house so i would only see what my brother would bring back into the house and what him and his friends would talk about and overhear them um so you know, there, there was a time when you know I, I thought and I wanted to be a rapper and I was I was rapping and I was doing battles and um, really yeah is this on the internet at all or no? I don't no, think no, so no. but shout out to the Immortal Technique he you know right. uh, a <laughs> battle technique early yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we were old friends the Poison Pen He's I battle Pen early yeah really it, poison it, it, pen it, too? It, it was it wow. was tough c Ray's walls like right, I, I was right, in that them. scene right. um in front of Fat Beats and all of that um there was a time when I wanted to DJ I had um two twelve hundred two technique shout out to my man O um was like an older figure to me looked out for me and gave me two texts and eight crates of records and i tried to dj and thing for a while and right. i wasn't very good at it um me and my friend saved up and bought an npc we chipped in all together for an yeah, npc started making beats um i could make an ill drum loop but besides that i wasn't too good at the production thing but i always knew i was going to do something in hip-hop i didn't know what it was and the hip-hop journalism just happened
2: so wait were you writing when you were younger though like did, did you did that interest you in high school and all that or is
0: this like all years after kind of i was always better i guess I, I i should have always known i was always better writing i was always a good writer so right. whenever my school papers would come back essays i'd always get a i'm horrible in math so did you go to college and all that yeah or? and i went i ended up going to hunter college and i took media studies and i feel like i was doing all these things to prepare me for hip-hop journal or being a journalist right. without ever saying to myself or knowing that it was possible right, right, right. once I graduated from Hunter College, I had a degree in media studies, but I still worked where, in the. Where is Hunter room. College? it's in Manhattan. It's a right, so, It's a city school.
2: What did, so yeah, Tom, I want to know, you know, because a lot of like a lot of people ask me, like, you know, what was your path to this? And college, although I can't say I was the best student, it just put me in this situation where I was able to use it as like, you know, I went to Pittsburgh, so I was right. from Philly. I went to Pitt. And I just like kind of learned that, the, you know, I started learning about the hip hop culture and I would join the radio station group and stuff like that. And that's kind of how I got in the radio and did all that. You know, none of that stemmed from anything I heard in class or anything. So it was kind of funny. So you were working at the mailroom where during
0: college? I would, yeah, I was working myself through college and there was a company called Delia's. It was a um, female clothing company. as a catalog right, right. company. Um, all the women know about Delia's. Of course. And, um, and so first i started off like telemarketing and being on their phones taking orders and then i graduated and made it to the mailroom and used that to kind of pay for college and work my way through college um and without really having i didn't know what i wanted to be i i I guess i was taking all the right courses and making all the right moves but i never once said to myself hey i want to be a journalist
2: but all the while you're experiencing hip-hop though right you're going to shows you're buying albums i mean which is like i believe like you know uh, the important part of like, and, and that's the part of college that like people, I feel like never say is like, yo, while you're in school and all those grades are important and you've committed yourself to that, like what you're doing on the side is, is, you know, just as important, you know, and like the straight A student who never had any experience, you know, is going to have a harder time than someone who may, you know, just gotten by, but you know, Experience, yeah.
0: I, I met people, you know. Like I said, I was out there rapping at the time, doing a lot of open mics at the New Eureka. And, um, I remember I had a demo, I wanted to get signed to Bobito so bad. Right. He had Fondelum Records. I remember playing Bob my demo and taking a meeting with Bobito Garcia. And um, so that, you were like super conscious rapper, Is that like the whole? I, I, nah, I wasn't conscious, it, it was like raucous though. It was like kind of right. like I was like was super like raucous, Brooklyn. dude. Like, yeah. I wasn't
2: even about mainstream hip hop at the time, you know. Yeah. Like, I really you know like I, you know obviously jay-z and all that but right. like i was like money cash hoes man fuck that right you know i was listening to to Rockus and right. deltron and uh-huh. like i was that dude when i first started Jang, i was like man i'm never going commercial it's kind of funny how like you know it evolved from them but right. it really just like helped me understand that though you know and yeah. that's why i think the experience for hip-hop is different for people these days because like we used to defend it right like i felt like you know there were like you like hip-hop you're a skater you like punk rock and like hip-hop wasn't accepted as now and i feel like that That's what the difference was, is that and I feel like it's coming back. Like the word culture hasn't been used in hip hop in like so long. But I feel like right now it's coming back. It's definitely about the culture.
0: Yeah, I was definitely the kid, even though I was a super raucous fan, I liked it all. I still had Jay-Z. Look, um for volume two, you know, Hard Knock Life, and I feel like um, if I'm not mistaken, Black Star came out around the same time like i had right, both right. of them like i had outcast equipment i had lauren hill miseducation and um i had um Sia and yes you are the poe d on vinyl right you know um so i was into it all um do
2: you think that that people are missing out on that experience um yeah as far as like you know seeing shows like i feel like a lot of new djs coming from a dj perspective is like i had to like search out vhs videos to find you know, or go to Fat Beats to really be like, oh my God, it's right. here, you know, and, you know, it's,
0: all, it's a lot different now. Yeah, that's what I learned. Listen, man, watching DJ Scratch spin, not even spin, perform, is, is like, it'll change your life. Right. Like, you know, and, and going to the Rocksteady reunion every year you know as a kid and hanging out in front of fat bees and just like being around it and stuff like that like i totally immersed myself in that but it wasn't like a conscious decision like i'm gonna immerse myself it's right. just what well, we that, did
2: that's like that that's the, what's hard to explain and tell people you know like i talked to a kid recently from pittsburgh that was like man I, i've done everything i could in pittsburgh what do i do next you know and i told him straight up i go listen nobody's talking about you and until someone hits me up and says, hey, Bonix have you heard this kid from Pittsburgh? Then, I, you know, I don't think that, you know, you've done everything you possibly could here. Um, now, let's go back to... So, after college, was it, like, you just having your hands and all that? And, like, when did the, fir- the writing part, or when did the title come, or when did you start feeling like you were, like, you know, wit- you know you're know you a witness to all these things, and, yeah. and, and people started caring about what you were saying?
0: It, it was about a year after college, again, um... I I had this degree. I didn't know what I was going to do with it. Um, and I was still working in the mailroom. And, you know, people were making fun of me. They definitely um, had friends. And I think my parents might have looked at me funny, like, well, what you going to do with your life? And, right. you know, it, it definitely felt like I was going to be in the mailroom forever at certain points. And, um, and then I had a kid on the way. And I was just like, man, what do I want to do? And about a year after I graduated, I had a friend who worked at Complex Magazine, and he was an editor there. This is maybe their fourth issue. And he said, hey, man. And I went to high school with him. I went to college with him. A good friend of mine. And he was like, um, you know, would you like to write this Jada Kiss album review? Wow. And, I, and he was like, because he knew I knew a lot about hip hop. Right. And he we we had classes together. So he knew I can write. I always get good grades right. on my essays, on my papers. You want to give this a crack? And I was like, yeah, sure. And he was like, "Yeah, we'll pay you." I, oh, okay, I'm gonna get paid for this too. <laughs> right, right, right. And so, so I did it. And um, <laughs> we did the, the Jada Kiss album review. was for It was 2004, so it was um, Kiss of Death. It was the second album. Okay. And um, I did the review. The review printed, and Vibe magazine called after that. There were far less writers then. Right. And so editors would read other magazines, and word would spread around. Yo, there's this new kid who's pretty good, and you know, i guess the first album review was pretty good because vibe called after that the source called after that and then i you know i started making the rounds as a freelancer through all these different magazines while in the daytime i'm working in the mailroom
2: what's crazy is that like just listening to that story is like what made that all happen was just you doing it mm-hmm. you know which i feel like a lot of people might put you know make it way more difficult of how you get into a situation is that you just got to do it yeah and you got to be a fan you got to love it um. So from that Jada Kiss joint, yeah. Shout out to Kiss. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Kiss. That's so crazy. That's crazy. He's actually in the compound here filming some stuff, right. which is which is kind of <laughs> ironic, you know. It comes full circle. Uh, so then from then on, like, what's what's the the quick timeline uh, of Rob Markman from
0: that? There wasn't. So I was freelancing for a while, and, and and that was great because I I was making like a salary in the mailroom, and I was getting these extra checks right. from from just freelancing. And it was great, and I would never spend that freelance money. I just saved it. I would put in in, in CDs and and like little make little interest off of it because I was saving up to buy a house. You know, okay. I had a kid on the way, and um, it was great. But I, I freelanced for about two years, and I remember I was working at Delia's, and they have a catalog. And I said, "Hey, you guys, I can write. Maybe I can write the description in the catalog, right?" The descriptions, like, if you ever ordered and you <laughs> out the catalog, it's like, you know, 100% cotton, right. five pockets, blue denim, black Vocalers, denim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm like, oh, man, I could write this in my sleep at this point. And, uh, they were like, we don't know. You should probably just stick to the mailroom. We don't know that you're quite right, cut out right. for this. Meanwhile, at night, like, I'm writing for, again, all these top hip-hop magazines. And then I started writing for the New York Post, which is our, our, our daily newspaper out here. Still working in the mailroom. Still room. working in the mailroom. Yeah. And they didn't see it. I guess they just kind of saw me as, as a kid right. and the mailroom and um eventually um my man B Fred um who works over at Complex now was the editor in chief of Scratch magazine and um he called me and he got my name from someone and we sat down and did an interview and he hired me for Scratch magazine which was my first full time job in in the music industry. Um and it was painful because <laughs> you had a smile I took less money this my salary base was less than the mailroom. Than the mail room right. Plus, if I worked for Scratch Magazine, I couldn't write for the source anymore. I couldn't write for any other magazines. Right. So I'm taking less on my base salary, and I'm losing like $20,000 in freelance money a year. Crazy. Um, so I took a big hit <laughs> to get into the industry, but I knew that I had to get out the mailroom and I had to make an investment in my future. So you know, even taking the less money was an investment in my future. And after Scratch Magazine How came, long were you with Scratch Magazine? Three issues, man. It, it was on the way out the door right. when, 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 the, and I kind of knew they were like, "Look, it's no guarantee." We're, we're trying to save the magazine, but it might be on its way out. Right. And I did three issues with them. I was there for a couple of months, and then um, Elliot Wilson, who was the editor in chief of Double um, XL at the time, oversaw Scratch Magazine and the whole situation. And one day I came back from lunch. They said, "Hey, Elliot wants to see you in his office," and I knew what it was. And and they let me go and they sent me home, and. Um, at this point i have another kid on the way i have my second child right. on the way and i'm like man
2: at dude. those points though like are you like are you pretty upset and like kind of lose emotional or are you just like you know i'm gonna keep going
0: nah, no i wasn't upset or emotional at all like at the end of the day like i knew i had to hustle right you know okay this this one's over i got to find the next one immediately if i sit there and cry about it or will be mad about it i'm not uh, there's a grieving process, right? right? And I didn't have that time to waste to just. But it doesn't be sound like that was during a time of like social media time, right? That was- nah, yeah, definitely. And, and, Twitter wasn't popping.
2: Right. So at, let me just say this because I think about this a lot. I feel like a lot of you know. People will waste their time on that social media and be like, oh, I didn't get the job. I lost the job. Or, you know, they they, be, they, they, they they it's like a big sleeve that they put their emotion on constantly. And the fact that that wasn't around for you, I think, helps the situation. Yeah. Even you know? if
0: Twitter was around, I wouldn't have one on Twitter. Right. But about people it. do, though. You people know, and It definitely slows them down. But and I'll ahead. give you a story. So right. Elliot called me into the office, and Elliot said, yo, man. And he was positive about it. He was like, look, I got to let you go, unfortunately. I'm sorry. Um, I really like you, though, and I think you're dope. I want to hire you at XL." But I don't have any free spots right now. Give me about three months. I think some things might shake out. Maybe I can move some things around, and I'll, I'll give you a call. And I said, man, I appreciate that. Like, but I can't wait three months. Like, I gotta, right. like, I gotta eat, man. Right. I got, you know, I got a kid and one on the way. Like, right. I'm sorry, I'm going out there a hustle. And he was like, man, okay. He was like, well, if Vibe Magazine calls you. Call me. Don't take don't take any of the jobs. Like call me before make sure whether or not I could do something. And we stayed in touch and Double XL, you know, kept feeding me as a freelancer and giving me stories and stuff like that and making sure I had money in my pocket. And eventually three months later, I, I got a job at um XL, like just like Elliot laid out. So it worked out. You know, if I, I felt like if I would have went on social media and would have been emotional and burned the bridge or something like that. I wanna have got that job at Double XL. Even even when I was at Double XL, honestly, um, it was hard. Yeah, what kind it, of like projects they put you on? Like what
2: was like <clears throat> since you just got in there? Like what
0: I, I started as the associate music editor, so I was doing music reviews. Right. And then um I grew to the music editor and then eventually the deputy editor, the second the second um in charge and Elliot was long gone since then and I was working for Vanessa Satin and you know, it, she she was very demanding. You know, and and, and it, it, there was days when it w- it was tough. Right. There was days when it was super tough at Double XL, and I never went on Twitter. I was on Twitter. I would never go. A good friend of mine, Twan Thomas, it's my OG, <laughs> had told me he knew I was going through a hard time at one point, and he right. said, "Listen, man, if you need to vent, call me, text me." I'll be there for you. Right. Don't go on Twitter. Whatever man, you do, don't great go on advice Twitter. For people, Best man, advice that like, he ever gave me, and I give it man, to young riders now. That's good advice. I give it to young riders now, and and they know who they are if they listening. Like and Dayton told me, man, don't vent on Twitter because because I was at Double Everybody felt like I was one of the ones, right? right so right, he's right. like, everybody's looking at you. You're on the top magazine. Everybody thinks it's all good. Let them believe it's all good. Right. If, if you if you start really showing them what it is right. it'll be a reflection on you it, it might hinder you from getting the next job right. it might amazing it, it puts you in a box man let them know that it's all good and it was the best advice that he gave me and i'm glad i ain't going on twitter and start right. that you know I, i'm on twitter a lot and right. i talk of a course. lot of shit on twitter but never about you know when things kind of don't right. work out like you just keep it moving this is the business
2: yeah i had a friend who lost a job he lost a radio job and we all know radio jobs is tough anyway to begin with and uh, big shout out to him if if you know I'm talking about you've listened to this. But he lost a job pretty like way too sooner than he wanted to, and then you know got on on Facebook and like asked everyone for prayers and, and you know kind of like aired it all out. And t- I actually called him. Um, well, actually no, I I messaged him. I was like, look man, like you're a professional, and you should you know what you need to do is just find a new job and not you know wear that whole emotion on your sleeve out yeah. there. Which is great advice for cats out there is like. The internet definitely <clears throat> is uh, can can stop you real easily from you know making that next move, and you might burn a bridge just based on something you say, you know, or or get too emotional,
0: and someone thinks you can't handle the situation. Yeah, listen, you know? listen, man, like. Everything that you put out there online, I could find through Google now. And, and, you know, I I became in a position where I was a lead editor at places, and and I have to, you know, hire people. And I have to take that into account, like, because every day in this business is not peaches and cream. The good far outweighs the bad. But, yeah, it's like I I need to know that you can handle it. Um, Because if you can't, you know, you might not be someone that I want to invest in, no matter your level of talent. You know what I'm saying? Um. So yeah, yeah I gotta be careful With that Twitter stuff man. Were,
2: were there any like Stories or interviews Or projects That you were put on On XXL That that you remember Were like Kind of like milestones Or oh, stuff that God. you learned Or like so This was many. like
0: You know One of the You know Off the top of your head Go ahead So many man Every single freshman cover That right. I did From um, 2008, 2009 2010, 2011 Was that um, your idea? No The freshman cover Wasn't my idea okay. But um, I was um, I was There weren't many people that were for it after a while. Like, um, we did, the first one Elliot did, it wasn't called The Freshman yet, but it was like Joel Ortiz, Plies, Boosie, right. Papoose, people don't remember that one. And then the second year it came around, Elliot wasn't there, and the staff was like, yo, we should do that cover again, when we pick 10 new guys, right. that's called The Freshman, and that's when it got a name, and that's when you saw Asher Roth, Wale, B.O.B. Wiz was Wiz on it? No. Wiz was on the next one, oh, okay. so. All right. The one after that one in in 2010, I guess the one with Wale and Cuddy and all those guys didn't sell so well. And the publisher didn't want to, was unsure whether or not they wanted to do another freshman cover after that. Right. And if if you notice, they all come like a year to the day, but that one with Wiz and them came late. It came, it didn't come 12 months later. It might've came 16 months later (laughs) because there was some debate of whether or not we should do it. And I was one of the ones that was like, now nah, we need to do this. And right. there were a couple of days, man, I got I got chewed out <laughs> for my opinion on it. Like, you know, but we ended up doing it. And, and the freshman thing is, is one of the biggest things. I, I didn't invent it, but I was always like an advocate. I always believed in it. That was my favorite issue to do every single year.
2: How do you, for someone out there who's like on the come up, like how do you accept criticism? And how do you, you know, like, what would you tell them as far as like, man, you, you know, just you saying that makes me know that, you know, I've definitely seen Wiz catch heat, like, you know, as a journalist and as a person who has to give, you know, an uh, opinion. Like, how how do you handle that? And how would you, you know, recommend someone out there who, you know.
0: For me catching criticism? Like, yeah, somebody, yeah. Just in general. Yeah, you know what I mean? I've, I've gotten a ton, too. Um, One, you got to look at where the criticism is coming from. Right. Right. Because there's a difference between criticism and hate. You know, and you got to look at where it's coming from. If it's coming from a place of positivity or someone just stating their opinion, I mean, you just take it with a grain of salt and you move on. You can't please everybody, Um, you know, but we all want to be the best version of ourselves. So (laughs) sometimes there may be some things in that criticism that you can take. First, look at who the criticism is coming from. Um, I've definitely been criticized by people that I look up to. And, you know, that helps. Because right. I'm like, okay, maybe I need to change something. And I've definitely been criticized from people who I kind of look at their track record and, and well, it's like, well, what have you done? right? You know, and, and that I take with a grain of salt. And it stings in the moment. I've definitely had articles written about me. I have had things said about me. <laughs> I've had all, all types of wild criticism and direct attacks. And it, it, it might feel like it stings in the moment, but you pass that, like... Consistency is the best key. So, right. if it's criticism, take the criticism because right. criticism could be positive. If somebody's hating on you, you know, just be consistent. Don't take it yeah. to Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just just one of the mistakes I made was, was I kind of took a little bit of that to Twitter one time and it made me look like the bad guy. I was just, I was just like crazy. I'm like, you know, um, they don't see when somebody throws the pebble at you, but they see when you smack them back. You're right. like, yo, why'd you smack that kid? It was like, yo, you didn't just see he threw a rock at me. But, um... Yeah, nah. It, it's best it's bad for business, man. Keep a lot of that stuff off Any cool. any other stories or projects that double
2: XL like that come to mind that,
0: so many, so man. Many. Um I did um a story on the making of Ilmatic wow. in two thousand nine for the fifteen year anniversary. Um this was before the documentary right, came right, out, right. um, in the big twenty anniversary. So interviewing Nas for that was amazing. Um we won an award for that story. Um me and the team of writers that I led, um, and we won an award on that story in 2009. That was a great story. Also, interviewing Ice Cube for the making of um, America's Most Wanted was a story that, that I loved. I always loved that album. Cube has always been in my top 10 right. MCs. What um,
2: was like the worst of it?
0: Like You expected maybe an interview gone wrong? I mean, you don't have to throw heat at someone. Nah, but maybe, it's all so good. Maybe something. the interview that went wrong happened actually when I was at MTV. Um, and it was with Chuck D. And it was was over the phone. It was similar to what um, I think Rosenberg was going through. No, you know what? It wasn't similar to what Rosenberg was going through with him because that was crazy. Um, But Chuck, I I was interviewing Chuck because Public Enemy had just got um, inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I was hyped as a Public Enemy fan. I always say hip-hop taught us. Like, I learned how to talk to girls because of LL. Right, Right, right. You know what I'm saying? I learned about the streets and gangster shit from cube and nwa and you know i learned about politics from from chuck and pe you know um and and me as a public enemy fan i'm like man chuck this is great i'm trying to interview him about being in the Rock and Roll hall of fame and he was like yeah well you know writers like you who um you know you just want to write about gossip and this and that and i I felt like chuck you don't even know like dog if you look at my track record i promise you makes
2: good choices too for him to say that kind of
0: yeah and and i I was hurt Like I was I was I was hurt that Chuck D It, it went so bad it, I shared an office With somebody at that time Um My man My man James And um He saw the look on my He was like What happened It looked like Somebody just died Right, right. I'm just like I had the worst yeah, interview Of my bad. life And it was Chuck D But at the same time I didn't go to Twitter and I wasn't like Man fuck Chuck D right, Cause at right, the same right. time That's Chuck D right. that's, a, that's not a battle That you're gonna win right, right. On Twitter And And I feel like he was wrong, but, you know, it, it happens, you know. Um, Agree to disagree. Yeah, and then when I saw Chuck D. And Rosenberg going through it, I don't know if you remember their little tweet yeah, t- t- from a couple of years back, I, I hit Peter. Me and Peter are not, like, super close, but, you know, we'll talk from time to time if I see him right. and say what's up. And, we, and I was like, dude, don't, don't. It's <laughs> right, right. not going to no. end well. But, you know, he, he's a different type of dude and, and he did whatever felt right for him, and that's fine. But I didn't want that to be me. I didn't want an, a public exchange with Chuck with D. Chuck that would have been super right. embarrassing for me. Right. More embarrassing than me just knowing that he shit all over me right. <laughs> during right. an interview. Right. Uh, so after Double XL? After Double XL, I went straight to MTV. Right. And um, that was great. And I went there with. Um no aspirations I, I didn't know really that i could be on front of the camera if that was an option i didn't know so that was like a whole new leg of, yeah so that was like a whole new leg of things right yeah it was definitely like a whole new you know big homie sway really gave me a lot of direction right, right. and i went into mtv as a, did they
2: approach you too for that yeah
0: or what? yeah mtv called me i i didn't think at, at the time i was at double xl and i was like where am i gonna go from here like the source was on its way down. The vibe wasn't what it was, right. and you always want to be at the top. I'm like, man, where, I thought I was stuck. I thought I hit a ceiling. Like, what right. else can you do after Double XL? Like, this right, is Double XL right, magazine, right. and MTV came calling, and I was like, oh, there's another level. You know, when Mika's is like, yo, it's levels to this shit. Right, right, right. I was like, yo, it's really levels to this shit. Right. And I, I went <laughs> to MTV, and it was something different. And I went in as a print journalist, and I, you know, took my game digital. And then I learned to be on camera and in front of the camera. And then I learned to be behind the camera with Rap Fix Live. And I helped, you know, produce Rap Fix Live for a number of years. So now I'm on TV and I'm producing TV and I'm still doing daily news and interviews. And it, it, it was awesome.
2: I mean, it's crazy. Just from like a hip hop fan kid standpoint, man, like, you know, everything you're saying is like, Somebody's dream out there, man. and Just for you to see that and live that, like. And what I do know how I feel about you is, like, you know, when MTV did come, it just, you know, I feel like for you, although it's an exciting thing,
0: it's just like the grind, back to the
2: grind. You know, another learning lesson and, and to get it in. You know.
0: Yeah, because when I came to MTV, I, I was a new kid. It, you know, and everybody's like, "Oh, Rob is on MTV," but now you got to make it work. Right. You know, you don't want to be that 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 guy that. Yo, you remember him? Like, nah, right. man. Like, this is when the real work begins. Right. Um, the work doesn't start when you get there. That's when the real work begins, and and I had to live up to whatever MTV saw in me to make them want to hire me and give them more. You know, right. did you ever what, feel what
2: like, like, man, what did you? What do you see in me? Or you always knew it was like, you
0: know, that nah. you had
2: that New York confidence almost. I'm, or, I'm, I'm humble. You seem like a humble dude. I'm so a I humble cat. Like me, you know.
0: I'm not that humble. I, I knew what they saw right. in me. You know, I, I, right. I, I came with, I, I work hard. So, right. you know, I came with, with stripes and um, I knew I can bring it, help elevate what, what they were looking for and help be what they wanted me to be. But, you know, I had to work on it. It wasn't just gonna happen because I was Rob Markman and I came from Double XL, and I, you know, was working on a couple of freshman covers, like, you know. um. And you know It was great My time at MTV Was amazing man I wouldn't trade that For the world Which is crazy Because
2: you know I happened to run Into you very recently And I I come to found I totally missed The rap genius thing Mm -hmm. So uh, you know As we speak of this Whenever this comes out Rob Markman Today on this day Started your first job At Rap Genius You know Leaving from MTV uh, how does that feel man and 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 you know to go from mtv to rap genius like what how do, well you know what was that situation was mtv on its way out anyway or you know or was it kind of like you thought that was a
0: ceiling or or Nah, you know, yeah how- I'm, I'm, mtv isn't on its way out at all mtv is always going to be mtv right right and i'm i was happy there you know and and loving what i what i did and I, I wasn't even thinking about leaving or trying another opportunity but rap genius did approach me and or genius the company is genius right. now I so. um they they did approach me and i was like nah i'm not really looking and then they were like well you know so what's the what's the role yeah genius yeah i'm the artist relations manager over at genius and essentially you know I'll still be doing interviews you got to smoke weed with everyone yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to smoke a whole lot of weed with everybody. <laughs> now nah, we're not going to smoke weed with, with with artists but um <laughs> you know it, it's just really genius is, is a dope resource of of just lyrics remember back in the day when you used to get like album liner notes and you open the liner notes and the lyrics were in the liner notes like and that wasn't every yeah, album but right. you felt like you, you you had some gold when you opened that liner note and you was like oh they actually printed the lyrics right now we're not even getting liner notes because everything is digital now right right, right. so i I think genius is a dope tool because one you you have the lyrics there and you know and then there's a community there that that is really dope shout out to free us and 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 shy inc and and ewok abdevito and, Mm -hmm. and, and people like that who there's a community that then Fine-tune the lyrics. They'll correct any mistakes, and then they start to annotate them and put meaning behind the lyrics um, and explain what each lyric means. So, you know, um, I, I don't know whatever lyric you can think of. Um, you know, anything that Wiz says on, on yeah. um, you know, Taylor All the Days. Um, you know, um, they're gonna annotate it and they're gonna give you the meaning of it as, as best they can. And what happens is, um. With the community like they'll explain the lyric and if somebody gets it right you'll upvote it and you know if somebody gets it wrong you'll downvote it or you'll edit it and you kind of build so it's a living and breathing thing where fans it reminds me of being at the lunchroom table and us just discussing rap and what it means and part of my role is is to bring the artists into the community i know a lot of artists complain oh rap genius always gets my lyrics wrong And it's like well you know come sit with us let's get it right because everybody there wants it to be accurate and at the end of the day what we hope to have is a document of history of musical history not just hip-hop imagine the beatles if you can um imagine the beatles could tell you what they meant imagine if john lennon john lennon can break down when he wrote imagine all the people each lyric and each line and what he meant and where he was at and what he was thinking and now 30 40 50 years from now you know when our kids look back from on rap There's a document On what these lyrics meant And what it meant You know So We're looking to build that That's amazing man Congratulations man Thank you Uh,
2: So uh, Also recently
0: uh, You dropped the R&B podcast Right Mm -hmm. Tell us about that Yeah so I have the Red Light Special With um, my co-host Kristen Carl And um it's yeah. an R&B podcast. It's an r podcast. great, man. What what was the uh, inspiration for that? I'm an R&B head as much as I'm a hip-hop head. I feel like if you're into hip-hop, you're into R&B. All right. right. It, 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 it's the sister companion. You know, listen, if you love hip-hop, most of the hip-hop samples come from R&B records anyway. Right. Um, and now most of the R&B records have rap verses in them or rap cadences. So, But, you know, I, I just kind of felt like, for me, there wasn't a place that I can go to to really get like the R&B content that I wanted to and the information and even as a journalist um, doing the hip hop stuff over at MTV I wasn't interviewing as many R&B artists that I like so I just wanted to create you know when you want to see change they just say create the change I just wanted to create the change I wanted to build what I felt was missing and fulfill myself a little bit and talk about this R&B so um, So what what can they
2: expect from that podcast yeah
0: just um, information just talk about the music um, and the art of R B. um you know i think everybody now most interviews are about who you have beef with who you sleeping with right you know if they talk about music they'll talk about your first single and that's it like we had an amazing episode with rico love and we went down every track of um turn the lights on his debut album right. which i think is a dope album i hope he gets a grammy nomination because he deserves it and we went down the real life story that rico love was going through as he made this album and it, it, it was is it amazing as one of my favorite episodes don't yeah.
2: hold on real quick got some static mm. um so before we get out of here i want to talk about Wiz, man you oh know the I mean? homie right so i'll be honest with you like your name when you were on tiller autodice i had to look you up. i was like who is this guy man, man? I, why, why is he you know um and you know, it was so unique to me, man, but, you know, like, that, how, how I feel about Wiz, man, it's like he's doing it before everyone, sure and then they is. make fun of him for it, and then the next year, these dudes are doing it, and I feel like that pattern is crazy with him, but as far as that project is concerned, and as far as a lot of his projects are concerned, uh, you know, that that was kind of cool man like how did it all i want to ask you how all that you know came to be because i think that was like a super unique thing that he had done and it hit it right on the head for the
0: time that was amazing so first i get a call from um from will of course willie d shout out to will shout out to will Will. so i get a call from will he's like hey man um wiz wants you to be a part of this mixtape that we got going on and i was like all right well part how and he was like you know Easy Wider?" I'm like, of course. You know, I'm a Whiz Khalifa fan. So, you know, Flight School, you know, right, arms, right. just Easy Wider. He kind of wants you to take the place of Easy Wider. And I'm like, what? Like, n- nobody wants to hear it. Like, <laughs> nobody, the Easy Wider skits are so classic. Right. I'm like, well, what are you talking about? He was like, he wants you to interview him and then have the interview kind of take place. Of and I'm like, bro, I don't know. Like, I was super nervous. I'm like, yo, that sounds corny to me. I'm not even going to lie. Right, right. I don't want to hear it. I don't think the fans want to hear it. And like, is that a all right. relationship
2: you had with Will and, and yeah, Wiz yeah. Me, and stuff. Or, me and Will
0: had a relationship. Me and Wiz had a relationship. Oh man, this is oh do Jesus mind? Christ. Do you mind? Yeah, oh, no, no. All right, go ahead. Wow, I'm gonna get into mine and Wiz's relationship. Me and Wiz have a funny story. Can I hear that story, please? Damn, we're gonna. Have through. you ever told this story? I've never told this story. All right, cool. This is perfect.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna do this. I don't know. Why, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna tell do the this story. while you do while you tell it. You gotta tell the story.
0: You gotta do it now. Oh man. Okay, so me and me and Artie, Artie Pitt, um, shout out to Artie when we did the 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 um, the freshman cover in two thousand and eight. The late one, yeah, it, it was the one with um, Wale was on it. Right, right. Cuddy. Artie felt that Wiz should have been on it, and so he called me. Uh, and and Artie will let you know how he feels. He yelled at me, and I yelled back at him, and then. Um, Remember I, I I used to rap back in this day and um I had a song that was on the blogs and um I was like, yeah, but yo, I have this song. I was like, and I got a beef with you too." I was like cuz I got this song and Wiz got a song that reminds me of my song. And he was like, Wiz never heard of your shit? Da 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 da. Fuck out of oh here." Da da, da 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 da. And we Wait, did you go by Rob Markman? No, I didn't. Uh-huh. I didn't. Y'all gonna have to look that up. Right. Um I, and, and, and so um, Me and Artie Is just going at it he was like Fuck it man Wiz gonna be in town This weekend Ask him He don't Never heard of your shit <laughs> And me and me and Artie For the record Are the best of friends Like you know what I'm saying And um, so Wiz comes into town And I, I, I mean Wiz wasn't upset About being on the freshman couple. He didn't act upset Towards me But we met um, This is right when Flight school dropped And um, you know We talked it out I figured out what was Going on with him, him and Benji came to double XL offices, and we talked. And when he was leaving, I was like, Yo, by the way, have you ever heard of this song, Blah Z And he was like, Hell yeah, dude. He was like, That was you? I was like, Yeah, he was like, Man, that shit was fire. Uh. He was like, Yeah. <laughs> and he did like a freestyle that was kind of like a riff off of it. It was right. like, so and I was like, Oh shit, where's her my shit? And um, so that that that's how we met. Um I'm even a liar. I interviewed him when we were at Scratch Magazine, so I interviewed him back in 2007. Wow. Wow, so I had... and But it was a telephone interview, and we met for the first time in 2008. So then um, we just became cool after that. Like, you know, I've always been a Wiz Khalifa fan, and, and he made the freshman cover the next year because it was absolutely his time. This was, right. like, right before Kushan Shoes was going to drop. Of that course. was the year to do it. Right. And um, he just took off for there. So we always been cool. We always had a relationship. And... um so, yeah, so Will, Will called me and asked me to do Taylor All the Dice. And um, I was like, I don't know. He called me again, and Wiz called me, and was like, yo, come on, do this tape. So I went to the studio. I did it. We did the interview.
2: Your first time do, doing something like that on a mixtape for a host? For a mixtape, mix yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that, that
0: was my first time hosting a mixtape. Right. And um, it was crazy. Like, I didn't like it at the end. We left, and I'm like, yo, Wiz, man. I'm like, you sure? Right. You want to do this over? Because right. I felt like and he was like, nah, bro, it was perfect. And I was just you like, the vision, yeah, I-, I thought it was so, I left the studio like, man, this shit gonna be so corny, man. And damn, and they gonna blame it all on me. Right. And um, then the night before it dropped, I guess they were mixing in it, and E-Dan called me. And you know, E-Dan, the producer and, of and, and the engineer, and right. I just wanna make sure they know. E-Dan, and he was like, yo, you ready? I was like, what's up? He was like, yo, your whole shit about to change. Oh, shit, shout out and to they, E. And they dropped it the next day, and it was crazy. And, and, and nothing was the same after that. Like, right. You know, like, I, I feel like. It reminded me, I don't know why I always thought this, but it reminded me of something out of the
2: 60s for some reason. You know, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why I think that, but right. that's kind of how I feel, though, is like, you know, someone like you in the media taking a part in the actual art of it. Which I don't know that that made a lot of sense to me, which was cool. And what was the reaction to that for fans? For the most part, and, and
0: crazy man. There, there's people who, at this point now, I've interviewed Lil Wayne, Jay Z, Dr. Dre, like you name them, right? And people were hitting me on Twitter like, "Yo, you made it! Now you a real journalist. You interview Wiz. Like right, right. people were so hyped. Like the tailors have been so supportive in everything that I do. Um, right, right. for my entire career, man, and I, I love him for that. Being and Wiz, Wiz tweeted that I remember Wiz. Um, one day was like, man, Rob been to Taylor since day one. Um, Wiz be dropping hints. I people don't remember this when um Amber was pregnant with 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 um Bash right before they announced it. Before anything, Wiz just tweeted at me one day and said, Hey, one day our kids are gonna play together and just and i didn't even know what he was talking about i'm like right. man he must be smacked right now i'm like what is he talking about but we just kept it but that was him dropping a hit like and that was the the first hint of, of of the pregnancy but nobody caught it i didn't even know what he was talking about until when i found out she was actually pregnant i'm like that's what you bet and right. then, you know you just ha. Ah. that's,
2: that's <laughs> such a cool relationship man nah, you know definitely fam and taylor gang man uh, you know we, we love you man which, which is an amazing thing Now I asked uh, some people on Twitter to ask you Some questions um, So we're going to go with that At BCW says Rock Mark, or Rob Markman it seems like He's interviewed everyone Who is on the list of people he has yet to interview
0: um, Three people that I feel like I've interviewed Every rapper I've ever wanted to interview Except three people All right. um, I've never interviewed Diddy Wow I would love to interview Diddy. You hear that, Diddy? Yeah, All I've right. never interviewed Andre 3000. Wow, what would you ask Andre 3000? I don't know. I was I was at on um, birthday bash in Atlanta, and I was watching Kanye West performance standing right next to Andre 3000. I'm just like, what would I ask Andre 3000? Amazing. Um, Amazing. You know, I, I have a question for Andre 3000. Um, I don't know if he liked the question, but here you go. You know, for me, for Outkast, I never seen. You know how people they debate now, oh Andre's better than Big Boy. Uh, right, right. I never made that distinction. Like outcast was just always outcast. Right, I feel like right, they were right. both ill and I feel like the fans sort of created that thing. I would like to know what he thinks about that, how he's elevated over big boy in the Popular opinion of things You right. know what I'm saying But right. lyrically I, I, I think Big Boy is ill And I, I still View both of those guys On the same level right. I, I I would like to know What he thinks about the mystique and, and, and kind of the separation Not The group separation But How people elevate him Over Big Boy When right. As an Outkast fan i always seen them Neck and neck
2: I think they're the best Hip hop group of all time I, th- I, think, I think so I too that. I would say that I you think know, so people too like, But no I think Outkast Every single thing um, Big oh. Noah uh, go, ahead, go ahead And Eminem Oh
0: yeah, yeah, Diddy, um, Andre 2000, and Eminem. You've interviewed
2: um, Kanye before.
0: You know what? I've never interviewed Kanye, but I've worked with him. We we worked on the issue Double XL together, where he was the guest editor in chief. So it wasn't like a direct interview, but we worked. Like, how was that
2: experience? Great, awesome. Uh, Kanye
0: puts so much love and passion to everything that he does. I have a tremendous amount of respect for that guy. Does Does he buy lunch? Yeah. For himself or for everybody? For you, for you, for everyone. No, he, ne- he never bought lunch, but we did, <laughs> we did drink wine at lunch. He, he came with glasses of wine and, and he wanted to, us to drink and toast. And yeah, we, we drank together. I, I was like, normally I wouldn't drink in the middle of the day at work, right. but I'm like Kanye says, so we're going to drink. <laughs> Got to do it. Uh, Big Noah
2: at Big Noah 256. Rob Markman want to know about the feels
0: of leaving the mailroom to
2: start the destiny. Whoa. Oh, okay Speaking Loaded. speaking
0: of Kanye The day that the, My last day at the mailroom Is the same day That um, Kanye's um, Can't tell me nothing Leaked onto the internet Wow So the soundtrack To my last day In the, in, in the mailroom was Wait till, Wait I, get- till I get my <laughs> money right, right, right. right, right. Uh, it took a long time to get my money right Because I was actually making less money <laughs> when, when I left the mailroom right. But it, it, it was one of those feelings Where it felt like the beginning of, of, of everything I know Noah's a big Kanye fan So shout out to him Crazy uh, And lastly
2: on Twitter At Kelly I am Kelly Kemp says Would you rather fight a horse size duck Or a hundred duck size horses It's weird Nah, that's a great
0: question. It's trippy. I I would rather fight a horse-sized duck. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> fighting a hundred anything could get tiring. Right. So I, I I take my chance with with the horse-sized duck. You know, maybe I get a lucky swing, a lucky punch, like you know Buster Douglas did to Mike Tyson. You know, and be out there, get him out of there, and go Goliath. home. Right, yeah. Right. Right. I'm not I'm not gonna fight a hundred ducks.
2: <laughs> my last question is for you know the uh the kids out there just like you man or you know or you but you may not have known that it was you yet you know the kid who wants to be a part of hip-hop the kid who you know wants to make it I mean you know nowadays everyone treats everything instant they want instant went instant um what is Rob Markman's kind of out of all these years and you know what's great is I thought you were younger so just to see that like it just keeps getting better and better and better, and we're the same age. Right. Is an amazing thing. Cause I hope, you know, like for us, it's like for as much as you accomplish, people will be like, you made it. But I know I could see it in you that this is like just the beginning of it, right? And hopefully we'll be even bossing it up, you know, later down the line. But what is your, what do you got to say to these kids these days, man? Whether they're a rapper, uh, whether they, you know, are behind the camera, in front of the camera, whether they're an artist, whether they sing you know what is your advice what's you know what could you tell them man because i I, that's what i think is missing right now you know is people actually hearing successful people like you giving you know having the op you know they hear your opinions they see you having fun they see you interviewing kendrick lamar they hear you they think you you know you made it you're you're famous you're everywhere but what's the real man like what would you tell um you know the homies who are just trying to make it you know
0: um you got to work hard. I'm going to
2: put this down. Yeah.
0: You got to work hard. Um, and you got to be prepared. I was, oh, my God. I forget this saying. There's a saying about luck and being prepared. and
2: right, It's a uh, it's, uh, preparation... Meets opportunity It's like luck Is preparation Meets opportunity Or something
0: Something like that But you gotta be prepared Everybody wants it right away There's beauty in the grind And there's beauty in the struggle I mean As quickly as you accomplish something It can be taken away from you Just as quickly Um, Don't be afraid to grind Don't be afraid to work from I'm at a point in my career Where I can say all the stuff That I've done You can't take away from me Right You know It's no flash in the pan Um, You know There's a lot of people Who kind of make a big splash And then they're out of here if you can make that big splash, great. It's better to be a one-hit wonder than a no-hit wonder. Right. But, you know, fall in love with the grind as well. And, and, and there's beauty in the grind and there's beauty in the come up. You appreciate it more. Um, you know, look at look at a guy like Wiz. How many mixtapes did he do before, you know, Cushion Orange Juice? And, you know, before he got black and yellow. I mean, there was Flight School. There was Prince of the City 1 and 2. Um, growth Season, right? There, there was so much um you know drake had two mixtapes before so far gone and the grassy and you know um he was wheelchair jimmy for a while and and stuff like that so like everybody has a story embrace your story and embrace your come up man and 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 don't get frustrated by the grind. like it's gonna happen one time give it up for Mm -hmm. rob markman at the
2: compound big shout out to my man free for having us out here if they want to get in touch with you see your work See your history How can they uh, How can
0: they reach out man Yeah hit me on Twitter I'm I'm, I'm a Twitter junkie So I'm on Twitter all day At Rob Markman R-O-B-M-A-R-K-M-A-N And you could je definitely Check out Genius.com That's the new home So we're gonna be Getting a lot of content For y'all A lot of interviews We're gonna be talking About lyrics breaking down A lot of these lyrics From a lot of your Favorite artists Um so yeah man that's it
2: if you're listening to the podcast make sure you reach out to rob and just start to get to know him Mm -hmm. uh i'm so happy you could spend time with me man rock markman rob
0: markman ladies and
2: gentlemen on the hooked on Bonics podcast thank
0: you very much peace this is john lawall i'm from new york new york and i'm hooked on Bonics.
2: one time for my man rob markman gotta thank him for joining us on the podcast and damn he makes me just want to go out and you know, keep chasing this dream that I got going on. Now, before I get out of here, I want to thank everyone for listening. If you made it this far, make makes you hit me up at uh, DJ Bonnix, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at DJbonixcom If you want to be a part of the podcast, feel free to send me a drop or any sort of audio or email at bonixmusic@gmail.com at gmail.com. Now, earlier I told you I was going to give you a special announcement, but uh, it's not really an announcement. I, I I and this is I'm only going to say this like kind of publicly on here is that uh, I am going to be spending a lot more time in Los Angeles starting next week. Uh, I'm going to drive to Los Angeles or somehow get there and uh, start a new adventure out there. I have an artist that I'm working with, Raven Felix. Uh, obviously, I work with Wiz and want to get. Uh, more involved in what he's got going on in the studio and his career and my own DJ career in itself. I'm hoping to get on the radio out in the West Coast, um, whether it be power or real or um, I don't know. I'm just going to go out there with a dream. I think that I've prepared myself for this, uh, you know, 30 over 30 years in the making. I'm not going to put it out there like that (laughs) over 30 years in the making. Uh, But uh, so I'm just it's not an announcement. I'm just, as you guys, as my friends, uh, I'm just claiming it right now that I'm going out to Los Angeles year to go for that bigger picture, to get that thing that I always wanted, um, which is to just keep fulfilling this passion I have with music and be able to, you know, inspire you guys and bring inspiration to you guys because I feel like that, that's all we have in this life is this shared experience for us to motivate each other and use love so i'm going to los angeles i'm gonna take all you guys with me and let's pray and hope for the best it doesn't mean that i'm not gonna be back on the east coast of course i'll be traveling with wiz um but i'm gonna go try to do something new so anyone out is in los angeles you want to come hang out with me hit me up i need some friends out there uh, and we're going to do big things. That's it. It's a wrap. Hooked on Bonix the podcast. Uh, episode number five is over. I got a great episode coming up with this new artist named Max Schneider. So that's the first time he's saying that. Max Schneider on the next Hooked on Bonics podcast. I'm out of here.
1: Let's get hooked on Bonics. Show me what you got. Yo, let's get hooked on Bonics. Show me what you got.